Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. Showing people that failure is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. If you don't try, oh my gosh, that's that's not a life worth living. And you really got to tell people you got to continue to try and you got to be right next to them. You got to kind of coach them along. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Rob Whalen. Rob's the CEO and co-founder of PTO Exchange, a platform that turns unused paid time off into liquid assets that can be converted into payments to either be retained by employees or gifted to other members of the team. Rob studied accounting in the 1990s and planned to join a major firm, but instead he began a career in sales and 25 years later is now the co-founder of PTO Exchange. Rob joins us today to share his insight as a leader and the human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Rob. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for having me, Amy. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and about your journey. So can you tell us a little bit about PTO Exchange and what you're working towards, please? Yeah, yeah. PTO Exchange is solving a problem where paid time off is, uh, most of it, about a third of it isn't used. And so we're um, we're creating a platform that allows employees to get the most out of their benefit, which is uh, self-directing a portion of it, the unused portion of it, for what we've called good services and experiences. Um, it could be for, you know, to increase your 401k, could be to pay down student loans. Um, so several things, right? We're addressing financial wellness, social wellness, mental wellness. Um, and then the other, just the end, is just being able to go on a vacation that you may not have been able to afford. Mm-hmm. So using that unused week to um, pay for a hotel or airfare and take your family on, a, on an experience uh, that you may not have been able to uh, afford at the time. Amazing, amazing. And yeah. can you, so for, for the US audiences, I guess that translates really easily, but can you, for the people that are in the UK or elsewhere that are listening, can you tell us a bit about how that's set up? So in terms of that paid time off, I think if, if it's not taken, you can enable people to take yeah, so, it? Yeah, um, yeah, so uh, I come from accounting, so my background's in accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you look at paid time off um, a company, um, using gap principles usually, um, expenses the accrual of that time that you are uh, they, that they're committing to you through the net income statement, and then it sits on the balance sheet uh, as a liability offset by cash. And then, as you use it, um, that liability goes down on the company's books. Um, but a lot of times, that liability is not uh, used, and so a company, if they allow you to carry it year over year. Um, you know, that, that liability starts to increase as your wage increases, okay? So mm-hmm. allowing the company to be able to expend that liability at the rate it was accrued is a benefit to the company. Um, but it's a great benefit for the employee who may not have $400 in their savings account or may not be able to put as much into their 401k throughout the year um, just because of their cash flow issues. And so this allows them to be able to use that accrued liability, that accrued wage, and utilize it in a way that hasn't been done before. Um, And we enable that in a very compliant way uh, to meet all 50 states' compliance. And and so we're in the U.S. today. Um, Mm -hmm. We're looking at expanding outside of that. Um, But obviously, there's regulatory rules around Mm -hmm. um, PTO, wages, 
how people uh, earn this. And so we're working into those uh, one country at a time. Fantastic. Um, because we don't want to, I mean, I don't want to deliver a platform or a solution that isn't compliant and keeps our customers uh, safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. And we spoke previously, didn't we, about this, um, the, the move towards health and well-being and people taking time off. And could this be described as a way for people to be discouraged from taking time off so they can get the monetary value? And you have a really great way of looking at that, don't you? Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing we almost addressed, which mm-hmm. is, um, in the platform that we have, we have an incredible policy engine that we built, um, m- mainly because everyone has a different PTO policy, Amy, and everyone views their people, um, their greatest asset, a little bit differently. Um, we find some companies are very familiar, which is um, they want to be very parental in in the way they deliver benefits and allow people. Um, and they do want people to take time off. We want people to take time off. And so we have a policy that says, hey, you can't use the system until you take a week or two weeks off. And so we get employees to disengage uh, for a week or two, and then they're able to utilize um, some of that unused PTO, um, that accrued PTO for something else. But we create policies and we set up the system to derive the right behavior that our customers are looking to achieve within their employee community. And they could be trying to address financial wellness. They could be trying to address kind of social wellness or community within their company. So mm-hmm. the ability to share your PTO with someone else or to a medical leave sharing pool or be able to give it to um, 1.7 million nonprofits. We integrate with the, the IRS, the database of 501c3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just trying to work with every customer because every customer is unique mm-hmm. and being able to deliver the right solutions for the, um, their employees. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think it's a brilliant tool to enable people. When you look at it like that in terms of being able to gift any time off that you're not able to take to someone yeah. who really needs it, I think, I think that's that's fantastic. And, and we and saw a big oh, kick during COVID, Amy, during mm-hmm. that time uh, where companies came to us and said, we want to allow this to employees because there'd be an employee who, you know, had COVID and used it all up and then they needed more because they had a you know, maybe they got COVID or the family member got COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd have others that didn't get COVID and they had a lot of time. And so being able yeah. to share it really created a community uh, within the organization. Um, and it really helped cultures to share amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, brilliant. And so yeah. you've, so your co-founder and CEO, it's been 11 and a half-ish years now? Yeah, we, we founded the company in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, we really didn't launch it until 2016. 16, 2017, okay. um, at the HR Tech. Um, actually, I think it was 2017. It's the year we won the uh, Gartner's Cool Year, uh, Cool Vendor of the Year Award. Okay. Um, but we spent the initial, you know, front end. Obviously, we're entrepreneurs, so we were working on it at nighttime. We had other yeah. jobs. We were, you know, scrapping it together. Um, we were looking at all the regulatory. So we spent a lot of time uh, in regulations. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure we are developing a platform that met the IRS requirements and the Department mm-hmm. of Labor requirements and all these other things. Yeah. Um, and uh, but since 2017, we raised three million dollars uh, from a venture here in Seattle. We just finished raising another 5.4 million, um, and uh, we have 43 clients now, some very large ones. Uh, roughly 170,000 employees on the platform. 
and we manage roughly about $300 million worth of PTO bank um, on those companies. Yeah, well, congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah. So some going, that is some going. And, and yeah. so as, as the CEO of that kind of organization at that stage in its life cycle, what kind of challenges are you up against at the moment? Obviously, competing talent is a big mm-hmm. thing for us. Um, you know, we, you know, in Seattle, finding great tech talent is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but finding great talent is difficult especially when you're a startup and you don't have a lot of benefits. I mean, we don't have a lot of, you know, uh, capital to add great benefits. We have good benefits and solid Mm -hmm. benefits. Um, But, you know, we really look for the type of employee that is looking to make a difference and really create something new Mm -hmm. and be a part of kind of a next wave of um, benefits. And, you know, that's a unique individual to come in and say this category has never been done before and you got to go out and, and sell it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a unique individual, but I will tell you, my team is, is, uh, I'd use a four letter word here, but uh, is incredible is, Mm. is, you know, great. We have an incredible team. We just got done, uh, two weeks ago. We had, I brought everyone in across the country. Uh, we call it the revival, uh, first annual revival and brought everyone together for three days and, uh, and their families. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the things that, uh, we think is important is not just the employee, it's their families and their children. And, yeah. and yeah. we brought everyone. Um, and, uh, so it was a, a really nice experience for them. Great experience for us to learn about, you know, their families and, and why, why these employees work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not just about them; it's about their families and their children and things like that. Yeah, so the yeah. whole the whole person is who we 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 really look at. Absolutely, it's important to remember that there are, you know there's rationale behind the reason why they turn turn up to work every day. It's absolutely important to understand that. Oh, it was it was so, it was so much fun. We had uh, we had all their kids in the house, and and I'm, all my kids are grown. And yeah. my wife was like, "This is so awesome! We got all these kids <laughs> running around the house again." <laughs> so it was really fun. Yeah, kids are brilliant. They will brighten things up wherever they are. And, yeah, they and in terms of you and your journey into leadership then, so you started in accountancy, moved into sales, developed this great way to make a difference for people. But how how did that happen? Was that quite an organic process? Did you already always set your sights on the sort of CEO seat? Uh, so entrepreneurial is more what I set my sights to do. Okay. Um, it's, um, it's kind of in my DNA. It's in my family DNA. Uh, my my dad did not work for someone else. He worked for himself. My uncle um, didn't work for anyone else. He worked for himself. Um, and he built, I think, 30 different companies in his lifetime. Wow. Uh, some wow. of them were, uh, one of them he sold off to IBM for $100 million. Um, so, you know, and he also, there was failures, right? Um, uh-huh. yeah. I, I saw moments where he he lost everything. And he got back up the next day and started again. And I think that 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 uh, that experience that I went through watching other people do it and fail and get up and do it and fail and get up and do it and win. And I think that just is what you do. And I think a lot of kids follow in their parents' footsteps because it's something that they grew up with. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I grew up in kind of a with the DNA of starting companies and um, accounting was the best degree in business. 
for me to understand how companies operate. And so that's why I got it. And a professor told me that. And so I followed the professors. But I went into high tech immediately. Um, my uncle, who b- built all those companies, uh, when I got out of college, he said, you're going into high tech. And I said, well, I was going to go to the big eight and be an accountant. And he said, nope, you're going into tech. <laughs> and he got me a job selling semiconductors. And that was my foray into technology. Yeah. And uh, from there, I stayed in technology, both hardware, software, security. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, this is my third company. Uh-huh. Um, actually, it's my fourth company. Um, but uh, yeah, all of them, three of them in software, and then one of them, a distillery. Uh-huh. Making uh, vodka. Nice. Nice. <laughs> But always, but, but, but always played that role, right? Always, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily the CEO. Sometimes I was the investor. Sometimes I was the board member. Uh-huh. Um, just always trying to build something from yeah. scratch. Fantastic. And so, so your leadership then from that perspective, was it sort of learned on the job? Was it something that you went away and thought, I've got to study these frameworks? Or was it trial and error? No, I, I think it uh, it came from watching my uncle and my father and, and a couple mm-hmm. of um, you know, I, I have this one gal who was my boss um, mm-hmm. at A10, and she was probably the well. There's two. There's two people that that I really felt were incredible um, bosses mm-hmm. to me. And I thought, boy, if I, you know, when I'm, I took a lot of that and said, yeah. you know, I used a lot of their resources or, or their, you know, teachings to. Um, treat people well, mm-hmm. treat people really, really well, and understand that this job that they do, although they might love it, um, it they're doing it for a reason. Uh, there's a family behind it. There's a mm-hmm. husband, there's a wife, there's a children, yeah. you know, and you really have to think of the whole employee. And when you do that, you'll, uh, you'll start putting yourself in their shoes in a way mm-hmm. um, to, to manage them in a way that you know, makes them feel good about what they're doing. And when people feel good about what they're doing, they do it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they spend more time doing it and you get more productivity from, from those people and those, those employees. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think empathy is not a cure all, but it's a great place to start, isn't it? If you can understand your employees and where they are and why they are, I think that's yeah. a great place to start. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think that you need to uh, set expectations for every mm-hmm. employee, right? It's not just, it's not just empathy. It's it's making everyone a part of your vision of mm-hmm. what the company is. This company that I started, it's not my company anymore. It's it's every employee that's out yeah. there sharing my vision and and improving it. Mm-hmm. Um, RVPSL, I heard RVPSL, and he came in and took my literally took my pitch because I was the main sales guy at the time. Okay. Took my pitch, memorized it. And repeated it back to me two weeks later, and it was better than what I was doing. <laughs> I and that. when you see that, yeah. when you see that, Amy, you go, oh, my gosh, somebody improved everything that I just did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And you feel really good. And, you, mm-hmm. and that's theirs now. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, and show people that they, they are part of this vision, and, and, it's, and it's just as much theirs that is, as it is yours uh, yes. as a founder or as a CEO. And the mission is a mission of the company, not a mission of one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
And and so your the leadership, you mentioned your uncle, you mentioned your father, but in terms of sort of characteristics that great leaders have, are there a few that you think all great leaders need to have? Is it case by case or what stands out for you? I think uh, I think every leader has to share the vision. Mm-hmm. I think everyone, every leader has to show how you can get to where you need to go, right? Mm-hmm. What are the expectations? Um, and and then I think you need to show people that they have the capability of doing more than they thought they could. Yes. Yeah. When you, when, when you're, when you're a person, you come in and you go, Oh, I can't do this. Um, helping them and showing them how they can do it when they didn't really think they could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is really important. And um, there's a lot to be said for, giving people that type of um, certainty uh, that comes along with, with being able to do something they, they didn't know how to do. I'll give you an mm-hmm. example. I was just, <laughs> I'm staying at my friend's lake house today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this morning we went down and we went surfing at this big wave place and I'd never done it before. And I fell, you know, hundreds of times and I was, you know, but I, but at the end of it, you know, I really felt like, Oh gosh, you know, yeah, I didn't really do well, but, boy, I, I tried it. Uh-huh. And that in itself was a rewarding experience. And that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Showing people that failure is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, if you don't try, oh my gosh, that's, that's not a life worth living. And you really got to tell people you got to continue to try and you got to be right next to them. You got to kind of coach them along mm-hmm. and then everyone's going to get better. So I think, you know, when you think of leadership, I think showing people where they can go and then helping them get there uh, is, is that's true leadership. And then taking the whole person with you. Mm -hmm. Good advice. Good advice. And and, and speaking of advice, sorry, in terms of, your approach to leadership again you spoke about your your uncle and your dad but was there advice that you were offered that you recall so one soundbite or nugget that you've really taken with you that has shaped your leadership style honesty and transparency mm-hmm. and i have a <laughs> i have a list of core things that i uh have up on my board i actually have this yeah. this um this board in my office and above it it says you know why i'm doing this um, and then it obviously has pictures of my family and, and, uh, but then it also has the core things that I truly believe. And I don't know, I'm right off the top of my head, but I, you know, I do, I do look at them and a lot of perseverance, it's honesty, it's, it's integrity, it's transparency. It's, it's just don't hide things. Mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, I think transparency is the biggest thing yeah. uh, to help guide and be a really good leader because people don't want to and honesty, mm-hmm. right? Let people know that things are not going to be easy. Don't paint a rosy picture because it's never truly a rosy picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then understand that everyone's going to have to make their own decisions with that information you get, give them. Yeah. Um, but at least they're making a decision on information that is honest and transparent and everyone can make their own decision. But I think those are just the baselines of great leadership. Transparency yeah. is a big one. Definitely. Um, and, and honesty. 
through the pandemic, there were there were organisations that we'd speak with or employees or organisations. And I think what leaders always need to understand is that people will fill the gaps in. If you leave gaps, people will make assumptions or they'll panic or they'll you know, think the worst. If you leave them gaps to fill in, they're probably going to fill it with the negative stuff and panic and worry, especially when during a pandemic. It's best not to leave those gaps, even if you're just saying, look, guys, we don't know. We don't know. We don't have the answer, but we'll figure it out. And this is what we're going to do to figure it out. I think that's that can be really... Helpful. I agree. I, mean, I, I will say that there's a lot of things that I don't know, and I'll say that to, mm-hmm. to my team. And I will actually look around and say, if you, if any of you can help me find the answer or find us the answer or the best way to solve the problem, then, you know, we're working as a team. Yes. Uh, and, and they should know what, you know, because I don't have all the answers. Um, you know, we started this company. We didn't, it had never been done before. It was a new category. Yeah. It was just a light bulb moment. We thought, oh, that we sh- you should be able to do that. Yeah. We, we understand why it wasn't being done now, and we understand what has to be done to move it forward. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of unanswered questions that we're going to come up against um, downstream as we grow the business. Yeah, yeah. And and eight heads is better than one. Ten heads is better than one. Fifty heads is better than one. It's always better to get the input with team, isn't it? So, yeah. Thinking about people that were looking to follow in your footsteps, so maybe those people that start out and they're really entrepreneurial or they're just taking a step up into a leadership role, what kind of advice would you share with them? Are there any sort of, if I knew them, what I know now moments that you'd share with us? Um, I think um, being scared is fine. I think being nervous is is a good thing. Um, I also think that, uh, like I said, failure is a good thing, Um, but do it with transparency and honesty as you lead um and then have i I think that my biggest gift is perseverance like i just i just don't give up um and i think from an entrepreneurial standpoint that is a must like you cannot you cannot start a company without perseverance Mm -hmm. because there are some really we've been through some really really low times Mm -hmm. i mean really low times and we've come out of them yeah um and and you have to have that uh, from a leadership standpoint, when you're guiding employees or, you know, these people that are working with you through that, that's where I really think that that honesty comes in where, you know, there were times where, I mean, I told the employees, you need to go look for a job. We cannot pay you. You know, you need to take care of family first. Mm-hmm. We will do whatever we can to support you in any stretch. Um, and, you know, that's some some went and took another job some didn't but all those people that went and took another job are now back with me Uh um, as the company has grown and i think every single one of them would say that uh i did not lead them astray i i gave them the information that we had and and we all made it through leadership's a funny thing it 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 is um a lot of people oh i i think the perseverance piece is is the biggest right when Mm -hmm. When you're the one who shows up every day, like, like every day in my office, I'm the first one in and I'm the last one out. And I make that a point. Like I, I make that a point that I'm the first one in and, and they know, even if they're like working from home one day or, you know, mm-hmm. coming into the office and they know every time they come into that office, I will be there. They know every day I am going to be there. And that anchor is really important for employees to know that you're you're just as committed leading mm-hmm. as everyone else you know you're not going on vacation or not that not that i don't go on vacation but 
um, you're there 99.99% of the time and then some, uh, and they, they know what to expect from you. Mm-hmm. And you're there steering the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. As well as paddling sometimes, I guess. Yeah. 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 And, so. and, and so in terms of leaders that you particularly admire then, are there leaders past or present, famous or otherwise, that particularly stand out to you? Aside from your uncle and your dad, because they sound like great role, role models, but are there other people that have influenced you that you share with us? Um, I think from the entrepreneurial standpoint, I, I look at what Bezos did just mm-hmm. from a company standpoint. And I know that that's a, you know, uh, I think it's kind of funny how he came into the Microsoft area selling books and Microsoft didn't know that he would someday compete with them. Mm-hmm. And now he's their biggest competitor. Um, and I think he continued to fail. I think, I think Jeff had a way of saying, we're going to continue to invest and fail in stuff. And along the way, we'll find our businesses that we can continue to grow. Uh, and I think that is, and he set up the company that way. Like I, I haven't worked for Amazon, but just the friends that I know that have, um, they're very entrepreneurial in spirit. Okay. Um, a little bit different than the Microsoft uh, people that I know. Um, but, you know, that would be one leader that I, I, I really, you know, if I, if I was to pick somebody to sit down and talk to, mm-hmm. uh, him, he would be one um, okay. just from that standpoint. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, brilliant. And and so in terms of reading then, are you, are you a big reader? Do you read much or is it podcasts for do. you or audio well, No, no, no. I mean, uh, I, mean I, I read uh, a lot of, uh, lately I've been reading a lot of legal stuff, which is, seems to be the, um, and kind of some of the technology that we're starting to look at okay. to embed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been reading and coming up to speed on a lot of that, but um I do read, I do read a lot of books just to understand, uh, to get experiences that I may not have had yet. I mean, reading to me is I want to learn something that may be coming at me downstream so I can be prepared. Um, and my, my favorite one was Peter Thiel's, uh, zero to one, um, where he talks about N plus one, which is a company that takes a product and improves it. Mm -hmm. And zero plus one is really building your own category. Um, and the differences in how those things need to, they, they happen, right? Mm-hmm. Going from zero to one takes a long time, mm-hmm. a lot of education. And plus one, you've already got the category. You're just, you're, you're jumping in uh, to it. Uh, and, you know, what we were doing was really building a new category that had never been done before. Mm-hmm. And so the zero to one really helped me understand, you know, the expectations of length of time that it's going to take to, to build a category. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and to be ready for that, for that type of length of time. That's, a, that, that's, a, a, that's the one book. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to read uh, uh, zero to one by Peter yeah. Thiel. I will, I will add it to the list yeah. of yeah. many, many books that I still have to read. Yeah. I'm getting through them slowly. I'm getting through them. Well, uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Rob. It's been great having you with us. But before I let you go, can you share with us a little bit more about what's going to be happening at PTO Exchange over the next six, nine, 12 months? What's yeah. the best that you can tell us about? Yeah, obviously, with the raise of the $5.4 million, we've, we now have a set of investors that are incredible. Um, TTV Capital, uh, FinVC, um, you know, just some incredible uh, ventures behind us. 
So that's exciting all into itself. But we're working on broadening the platform to deliver more what we call plans or capabilities uh, Mm -hmm. within it. Um, One of the things we're, we're, we just released a 529 plan, so the ability to get reimbursed. Okay. Um, And then we'll also work with you know, we'll also be able to move uh, those monies into other 529 accounts if you already have it and things like that. Um, and so we'll be working with partners there to deliver that. Um, we are uh, we are working on, uh, you know, there's some, there's some really exciting things in the future, right? So I think the new technology stack, the Web3 technology stack is really going to deliver the future. And so we are working on... Uh, ideas around the Web3 uh, stack right now, and we'll be delivering that in through the platform uh, in the very near future. Um, we believe that benefits will be have more portability in nature in the future. Okay. And so that um, you can take it with you, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and come and, and the gig economy can have enterprise-like benefits. And mm-hmm. uh, so we think that there's going to be a lot of evolution in the benefit space. And we want to be a platform and an exchange to be able to deliver probably not all of it, but, you know, be an integral part in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so that's where we're headed. Uh, I, I think if, I think you'll hear some big things in the next six months or nine months from us. Um, and I, some, some things up our sleeve that we can't really talk about, but uh-huh. um, yeah, some exciting times ahead. No, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. I am, I'm thoroughly excited about the future. Good, good. And rightly so, rightly so. Well, congratulations on it all because it sounds fantastic. And I wish you the best of luck for the for the next six, nine, twelve months. And I wait to hear all about it. Amy, thanks for having me on here, and it was wonderful talking to you. 